0: it's casey
1: and lauren and this is magnum bi the investigative podcast where we dive deep into a new topic each week
0: per usual we're gonna add a little bit of comedy a little bit of banter and
1: casey why don't you take a seat
0: (laughs) 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 well if if you're wondering, <laughs> we're going to be talking about to catch a predator this week,
1: and we have a special guest joining us this time. Give it up for Chris Hansen, Yay! everybody!
0: Well, why don't you take a seat? Yeah, just take a seat over there at the counter. Take your hands out of your pockets.
1: <laughs> Is it true? Did you bring condoms <laughs> to this meeting?
0: <laughs> why, don't, why don't you pull them out of your pocket?
1: Why don't you pull them out of your pocket?
0: Um, I, if you don't know, and I'll get into this. I have a crazy, outrageous, outlandish obsession with To Catch a Predator mm-hmm. for the past, like, year. And I still don't really know why. I, I was kind of like, when I write the script, it'll enlighten why I'm so obsessed with To Catch a Predator. Still confused. Mm-hmm. have a, maybe a Slater better idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited to really dive into it this week.
1: I know, I can't wait. I feel like we discussed the To Catch a Predator concept way back at like the fourth or fifth episode of season one mm-hmm. and you just like mentioned that you've been obsessed with this for such a long time
0: it never stopped
1: and it never stopped no and that's been like almost a year at this point
0: yeah and the thing with it is it's not like a lot of things that you can be obsessed with where there's like an unlimited amount of content or like mm. they're they're making new content actively like, mm, like it's done yeah yeah and I've just watched every episode 20 times each. Really? Because there's not even that much of it. Like, we'll get into it. hmm But um, before we get started, I, have a, I had a story to tell you.
1: I'm excited.
0: Um, that I haven't told Lauren yet. <laughs> Yesterday, so I have an internship as part of my grad program. And I work, like, on a college campus, like, helping students in the dorms, like, residents.
1: And in the sex lab. And
0: in the sex lab. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That one I'm much more passionate about. But um I anyway, I was um tabling for the dorm job. And me and one of my coworkers, Claudia, who you know. Yes. We were doing like a safe sex jeopardy event. Sleigh. At a table. So it was like people who walked by, if they answered a Jeopardy question about safe sex, they would win condoms and a can and candy. Oh nice. And the first guy who walked up to our table, frat guy, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Um, the question was like, what, what female sex organ is only designed for pleasure?
1: Oh, no. So
0: obviously the answer is the clearest, right?
1: Yeah, obviously. He
0: looks at it. This is so true. And he was not joking. He looks at it and he goes, I don't know, the mouth?
2: Oh, (laughs)
0: And me and Claudia, we looked at the question, and we looked at him, and we looked at the question, and we were like, no. And he was like, what? Oh, oh, uh, I misread it. Um, I don't know, the clip." And it's like, you didn't misread that.
1: You did not. That was a
0: Freudian stuff. That
1: was, oh my god. If you if you said to this man, so no head, he would kill you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck. Fuck, dude. <laughs> it, I was like, oh my god. I,
1: I think I would have been horrified. I don't know what my face would have done in that moment, but it would not have been, like, PC. No. It would not have been pretty. It was
0: wild. It was, oh, at, yeah. Oh, anyway. god. But, what a great transition. Um... <laughs> So this week, yep. we're going to be talking about To Catch a Predator.
1: Let's go fucking get one. Let's
0: go fucking get it. Yeah. Okay, technical difficulties is an understatement for what tonight has been. We'll get into it at the end of the episode.
1: I have so much trauma to unlock I'm, by the end of this.
0: Like, Lauren, I'm not doing well.
1: I am not
0: okay. And we have to, or I have to do research when I get home after this. It's 8 o'clock at night. Are you
1: serious? yes? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, anyway, let's catch
0: some Predators. Let's catch a Predator or two, shall <laughs> let's we? Let's go. All right. So, as I said in the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I am deeply obsessed with To Catch a Predator. Yes. Have been for about a year. Yes. Um, You wouldn't think of it as somebody's comfort show. Yeah. It's very much my <laughs> comfort show. Like, it's that show that, like, when I, like... Had a lot going on that day. I don't want to think too much. I don't want to learn anything new. I put it on. And it's just like very relaxing for me. I don't know why. Like I'm not saying that's a good quality on my part. But that's simply my truth.
1: Do you want to know what mine is? What? Kitchen (laughs) Nightmares. Which is like very similar energy. It's just like a lot of yelling. Something bad is going on. But in the end, good things happen.
0: Yeah. Well, good things don't happen. I mean... Depends Usually on your they perspective. Catch the they do catch them. They do be catching predators.
1: Period.
0: Okay, so trigger warning before we get into this episode. If you know anything about this show, you'll know there are going to, throughout this episode, be heavy themes of child sex abuse, um, grooming, and a brief mention of suicide. Oh, okay. So if those are things that you don't want to hear about, that's pretty much all we're going to be talking about. So. Feel free to click away.
1: We're really bringing it back to season one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? This is Eileen part two. Yeah, literally.
1: Um,
0: Also, I want to say just a couple things. Um, I'm going to add some, like, nuance to the discussion around this show. Um, But I am by no means excusing any of these men or, like, child abusers in general. I think that should go without saying. Yeah. But I just want to make that very clear up front. Um, The men caught on the show were inherently planning on doing fucked up things Mm -hmm. um i just think it's kind of worth having a conversation about different forms of justice what the best form of justice is in different cases etc um and one last thing a lot of this is very comical like some of the things that the host of the show says to the men is very funny some of it is just like absurd so it's really easy to laugh at this show but it's also really important to remember that these men were going to be sexually assaulting children if it wasn't a sting operation yeah so levity i think is fine to a certain extent but like i'm also not trying to overlook like the reality of what's going on in the world every day right you know yeah yeah okay
1: good disclaimer casey says no to sex predators
0: (laughs) 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 that's my campaign for sex on (laughs) it
1: The way we literally got a phone call about early voting earlier today. I
0: saw like Spam Risk on my phone when we were walking in to do this episode and I opened it thinking it was going to be like, your car warranty is expired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a genuine woman being like, are you voting?
1: (laughs) And I just walked away because I was like, ah, shit.
0: I had a three minute conversation (laughs) with her. Casey
1: wants to know his nearest polling location, which is good information to know.
0: I will be voting on Saturday.
1: Yay.
0: Okay. We begin in 2004. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> We've set our scene. <laughs> Picture it. In the, in the deep, dark recesses of MySpace. <laughs> Circa 2004.
0: The beginning of, of Romeo <laughs> and Juliet.
1: <laughs> the beginning of the end, as it were.
0: So, for context, in 2004, AIM, which <laughs> your rat is like drinking,
1: he's thirsty. He's like
0: thirsty. <laughs>
1: okay. Unofficial mascot of the pod. <laughs>
0: For context, AIM, which was, like, AOL's instant messenger, began in
2: 1997.
0: Oh, okay. So, like, at this point, 2004, we're still in a very new age <laughs> of online chat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So the rules and etiquette and decorum of, like, chat rooms are still kind of being established. And we're in a world where not everyone owns a webcam mm-hmm. and social media still is, like, not really a thing. Yeah. So it's much easier to lie about who you are.
1: Age, sex, location, baby. ASL, baby. ASL. And they
0: use that on the show all yes, the time. Yes, um, And also teenagers, then and today, are able to chat with strangers in a way that they've never been able to do before mm-hmm. in the privacy of their own home. Yep. Um, So it's not like a creepy man approaching young children on the corner of the street or on the playground. It's like kids in their home where parents think that they're safe mm-hmm. being groomed.
1: Yep, and it's completely uncharted territory because there has never been anything happening like this up until this point. Yep,
0: yep, yep. And I mean, it still exists today, just like more covertly and like differently, but... You know, it. This was the wild, wild blast in a lot of ways.
1: Did you ever do internet safety like assemblies when you were younger? Actually, no. Are you serious? No, we should have. For whatever, <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason, my elementary school—well, not for whatever reason—they were obsessed with like the whole the internet is unsafe, people are gonna lie to you, blah blah blah. And I still went out and found yeah. the deepest, darkest recesses of the internet, mm-hmm. not because I was a depraved child, but because I was curious.
0: Yeah, you're curious. I mm-hmm. mean, it makes sense. Like. Like, mm-hmm. Teenagers will always test the limits, mm-hmm. see how far they can go. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's a natural part of growing up and of, of learning how the world works. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just like dangerous. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and I
1: think a rotten little part of my rap brain, as soon as it hears you can't do X, Y, or Z, I'm gonna fucking do it. Yeah, of course. Any teenager knows that feeling. Yes. It's like, fuck you, I'm going to see what the dark web is about.
0: Yes, especially like in in this case when you're like horny and you oh, want to yeah. experiment with sex for the first time, you're learning about sex for the first time, uh-huh. there's someone showing you attention, like mm-hmm. of course, oh, you we know. we love
1: attention here on this pod.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we ever. Yes, we do.
1: Um,
0: so this led to a number of very high profile cases in which young, t- like in real life cases ...in which young teenagers would meet with older men that they'd met online... Mm -hmm. ...and then they were subsequently raped or murdered. Jeez. And or murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I wouldn't call it, like, a panic... Mm -hmm. um, ...but around this time, internet-induced sex crimes... ...kind of sparked, like, this really big widespread fear through the U.S. Because older people with children didn't understand the internet Mm -hmm. and their children who grew up with it understood the internet in a way that they like couldn't even begin to
2: Mm -hmm. comprehend Mm -hmm. so it was
0: kind of a really bad situation in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um on the first episode of to catch a predator they did like a focus group with a bunch of parents and Mm -hmm. asked them like do you think your kid is unsafe online like Mm -hmm. what do you think your kid's doing online Mm -hmm. and one of the parents the mother said quote their social naivete Coupled with our digital naivete is a dangerous thing, Ooh. which is true. Yeah, which is very, very true.
1: Yeah, that's a hot take.
0: So, in two thousand four, Dateline NBC, which was a nighttime or is a nighttime news magazine program, mm-hmm. released the first episode of a show they called Dangerous Web.
2: Ooh! So it was an hour long <laughs> segment.
0: In which the reporter, Chris Hansen...
2: Yes! ...went
0: undercover to catch men who were trying to groom children on the internet. hmm Chris Hansen was an NBC reporter who had made a name for himself in the years leading up to, to, to Catch a Predator. Um, for NBC, he covered the Columbine shooting the Oklahoma City bombings, the Unabomber, and the September 11 attacks. Holy shit! So he was, like, getting up in the investigative journalism world.
1: I was gonna say, I mean, I kind of always assumed, based on, like, the overall scuzziness of (laughs) the concept of this show, that they would have just, and no disrespect to Chris, but they would just have, like, some guy... You know, not somebody that's covering bombings and shootings and nine yeah. eleven. Yeah, so yeah. he's like an accredited journalist. Yeah,
0: and that's the thing is like, t- uh, my next point is today. However, he's best known for "To Catch Predators." Like this is something that was meant to be like a one or two off thing, just mm-hmm. like an investigative piece one night, mm-hmm. and it ended up being. Uh, phenomenon. Yeah, he just like capitalized off. That's of it.
1: That's insane. He's literally like the Mister Rogers of sex crimes. <laughs> Everyone you knows. Say. Yeah, you kind of. Say. <laughs> Everyone knows Chris Hansen. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He just like it really just became his mo. To yeah. this day, he's still working in that world.
1: Good for him. Um. Oh, yeah. oh, wait. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because he's involved with the Onision scandal. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, his, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that until just that's now. That's like his.
0: That's his like current project yeah
1: oh i should do an episode on that i
0: would i have a lot of opinions but this episode's already (laughs) gonna be long so i'm not gonna um so this is kind of how to catch a predator which became the name of this show worked Mm -hmm. so chris hansen um worked with an online watchdog group called perverted justice oh slay so perverted justice was made up of a team of volunteers who would go into chat rooms and pretend to be a child, Mm -hmm. usually ranging from the ages of 11 to 14. Oof. 13, 14 is usually the most common, but they would do 11 and 12 years old sometimes. Mm. Um, So they'd Perverted Justice had been doing this long before Chris Hansen and To Catch a Predator got involved. Oh,
2: wow.
0: Um, They would go into these chat rooms, they would get these men to engage with the quote-unquote children who Mm -hmm. they were posing to be, and then they would post these men's photos to their website.
2: Ooh. So
0: they would be like, this person with this name who sent me this photo just had an online conversation with someone that they thought was 13. Mm -hmm. This is their photo. This is their name. This is where they work. And this is the conversation that they just had.
1: That is so fucking cool. So they were a a group of like little vigilantes. Yes.
0: It was very vigilante. It was very like share your story. It was very like justice, but like not through like the legal system. Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, it was like a.
1: Robin like Hood. an outing
0: Robin Hood. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so awesome. Yep.
0: And it worked for them for a long time. And that's that's when To Catch a Predator was like, hey, these people are doing this really cool thing. We should make a show out of it. That's and they so... involved them in it.
1: <gasps> that's actually really cool. It was
0: really cool. And they play a, Perverted Justice plays a really big part in the show. They like are the main people who run these operations. And then Chris Hansen just kind of does like the confrontation, which that's... I'll get into.
1: <gasps> that's so insane. That's like surprisingly ethical. Like, usually they just steal the idea and then say, fuck you.
0: Yes. I, that's very ethical. And also, like, them involving perverted justice is very ethical. And I would argue that the the act of, like, outing someone in that way um, to, like, keep a community safe and tell people not to let these people around your children and everything is more ethical than, like, immediately involving the police.
1: Absolutely. But
0: we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> because that didn't last forever.
1: Well, that's fair. Because... <laughs> Yeah, like predators don't deserve any kind of anonymity.
0: No. no. They should be
1: on a fucking billboard. Yes. Fuck those guys. No, I
0: agree with you. Um especially 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 when they are like actively making plans to meet up with the kids.
1: Like that is evil. Yes. Demonstrably evil. Yes,
0: and I am in no way arguing against that. <laughs>
1: um
0: so then perverted justice would go on. They would usually pose as a young girl. Sometimes they would be a young boy. Um, to the profile, they would post a picture of a person that was unmistakably a young child. Yeah. Um, and then they would wait. Mm. Usually within minutes of creating this profile and entering a chat room, often chat rooms that were meant for kids or teenagers, men would begin approaching them. Ugh. So they would never make the first move, they would never make the first flirty comment. They mm. always waited for men to come to them, and men always did. Really? Always. Ugh. Quickly. <laughs> um, and then they would in the conversation very early on make it very clear that they were 11 or 12 or 13 and the men would typically react with some variation of like that's so hot ew yep
1: Ew. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think that any sane person upon hearing that would be like that's cool goodbye well
0: I think to <laughs> catch a predator did a lot though to to if a man had an inclination to think that's hot After To Catch a Predator, men who would have engaged with this were like, I'm scared. They set this precedent? Yeah.
1: Wow. Very much. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean,
0: Because obviously if you're not a a person who's attracted to a Mm 13-year-old, you would be like, ew, bye. But if you are, before To Catch a Predator, you very likely would have engaged in the conversation because you thought it was a safe space. Mm -hmm. And To Catch a Predator made people realize that the internet was being patrolled in this way.
1: Do you, have I ever showed you that graph that makes me upset every time I think about it? No. It's a graph of, um, of women and men and the age of the person of the opposite sex that they think is most attractive. Oh. And it's on an axis where their ages are offset with the age of the person that they're attracted to, right? <sighs> so the graph of the women follows a, a linear line. So as the woman gets older, the person that she thinks is attractive also gets older, along with her. With men, it stays at the lowest end of the axis. Oh,
0: Jesus.
1: And it probably would have gone lower had the mi- minimum age not been 20.
0: No! hmm So it stays, like, a long 20? It, it stays, stays 20. From the age of From
1: the age of 20 to the age of 30 to the age of 60 to the age of 80. 20. And that is only because they couldn't have gone lower.
0: That is fucking wild. And I'll
1: have to see if I can find the graph and link it in our link tree because it's from a study. I've, like, looked this up before because I was like, this has to be some kind of, like, clickbait on the internet to make feminists angry. Yeah. But it's real. It's from, like, a 2013 study done by the University of Michigan or some shit like that. So that just made me think of that well there's just like <laughs>
0: such a conversation to have there about what anthropologically makes men more attractive to young, more attracted to young women and young women more attracted to older men but like at the same time like that does not excuse socially at all mm-hmm. period whatsoever excuse a man being attracted to someone under 20. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and, and, and whether or not there is like a sociological or an anthropological perspective in that case we're not fucking cavemen anymore. No, no. We should have evolved past that point, <laughs> yeah. regardless. But yeah. I, I do see your point there.
0: Ew. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You Just show me that. Much to consider. That's gonna make me angry. Yep.
1: But, um, <laughs> it makes me angry.
0: So the decoys on the internet would then say that the parents were out of their parents were out of town, mm-hmm. and then they would arrange for a time for the man to come over to their house. Um, when arranging a time to come over, the men would show up at the decoys' house. Mm-hmm the team would rent this, like, inconspicuous suburban home and wire it with hidden cameras and microphones. Ooh. A young-sounding voice would invite them in and ask them to sit at the kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. So the young voice always said, like, Hey, come on in. Sit at the kitchen counter for a sec, okay? Or, I'm just picking out a jacket for our bike ride. Take a seat. Or a really, like, common yet bizarre one that the decoy would use was, like, <laughs> they would say, like, Hey, man, sit down to the counter for a second. I whacked my toe on the banister. I gotta get a (laughs) Band-Aid.
1: I whacked my toe (laughs) on the banister, They'd be like, my
0: mom's gonna kill me if I bleed on the rug.
1: I gotta get a Snoopy Band-Aid because I'm 12 (laughs) years old. (laughs) Be right down, dog.
0: They would say that, like, all the time. And I don't, like, know why because it clearly didn't work. Because they would say that and then the men would be like, okay like, either they'd like start to like retreat from the home or mm-hmm. they would be like all right yeah. like,
1: how many banisters are there <laughs> like, what is happening in the 90s uh,
0: if you're wagging your toe that often we should talk about strategies to like walk slower
1: <laughs> we, should, we should do some restorative toad <laughs> wagging and undo it uh,
0: yeah i don't know why they use that one oh, happen, that's but, awesome! so they would invite them in mm-hmm. in later episodes um the Takasha Predator team started hiring like nineteen year old drama students to play the decoy. Oh, so instead of there just being like a disembodied voice from the other room that was inviting them in, like a young looking person would show up at the door and invite them in.
1: Oh no! So
0: then it made them feel like they show up, they see this person who looks like the per- the child that they've been talking to online, and they feel more comfortable and they come in.
2: Ugh.
0: Oh. Um, one of these decoys is hilarious uh-huh. because he. I'll show you a picture after this. Mm -hmm. He looks like a 30-year-old man with a receding hairline. (laughs) And the men show up and he's like, Hi, I'm just a 13-year-old looking to experiment. (laughs) I'm 10 years old. And he's like balding.
1: (laughs) Did you ever know any kids in middle school that started to go bald? No. Because there was one in particular for mine <laughs> that I remember very particularly, and I'm not going to say his name, but he was a football player. And no, wait, he was a hockey player. And I used to think he was so cute. <laughs> I love a hockey player. But by the time we were seniors in high school, it was like back beyond <laughs> his temples. And I don't know what karmic justice oh. he was experiencing, but it was fucking foul. It's sad. It it's is. Really, I'm
0: like, I, I really think that I'm not going to go bald because both sides of my family have a lot of hair good but like when you're that young that it was tragic
1: yeah it was bad and he used to be so cute and then i was like oh
0: it's so sad uh,
1: you're 18 that's bad
0: um so the men with varying levels of hesitance mm-hmm. um usually less hesitant in the earlier episodes than they were in the later episodes but they would come inside, they would sit at the counter, and they would wait for the kid out, to come out and meet them. Right. Once the men sat down, they would sometimes help themselves to a plate of cookies that were left on the counter, <sighs> or they would strike up a conversation with the decoy in the other room, or they would kind of like look around the house and make comments about it. Mm-hmm. Then, after a minute, Chris Hansen would appear from the other room mm-hmm. wearing a blazer,
1: a blazer, holding
0: a manila envelope, <laughs> and say, Why don't you take a seat?
1: And <laughs> <laughs> we're back again. <laughs> full circle
0: yep and in these moments chris had some like real fucking zingers Uh uh-huh um i wrote a few of them down okay he walks out he says i guess i'm probably not the surprise you expected am i (laughs) or so i hate to be the bearer of bad news
1: oh classic
0: or did you have a hard time finding the place (laughs) or my favorite one and one that he like clearly enjoyed dropping the man went to give the decoy a hug and mm-hmm. clearly the decoys are told not to touch the men because like every time the men go to make any sort of physical advance on the decoys the actors like just run to the other room right the man went to hug the decoy and chris comes out and he goes what no hug for me <laughs> <laughs> So you can tell he loved, he was, like, eating it up. I
1: I would be eating it up. Like, that is an awesome job to have, to be like, hey, you fuck.
0: Yeah, (laughs) like, who the fuck are you, dog? Yeah, what are you doing? And it's so funny, because the men, they always begin to panic. So there's always this, like, really, like, super visceral, visible, the color drains out of their face, they begin Mm -hmm. shaking, it's really obvious. Mm. A lot of the times, most of the times... They think that Chris is either a cop Mm -hmm. or they think that he's, like, the child's dad.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And they start just, like, panicking.
1: Oh, yeah. And because, I mean, he's a white guy.
0: And, yeah, he's a tall, white guy Mm -hmm. who, like, was wearing blazers. He's very composed. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah.
1: He was expecting them. Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: So um, one of the really good things that To Catch a Predator did, I think, was Mm -hmm. they moved around the country to do different Mm stings. So not including the spinoffs. These are in order, all of the stings that they did. Okay. Beth Page, Long Island, New York was the first one. Damn. Fucking Long Island. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Um, Fairfax, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Riverside, California.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A small town in Ohio. Fort Myers, Florida. Fortson, Georgia, which is on the Alabama border. Petaluma, California. Long Beach, California. Murphy, Texas, which was the most infamous and deadly.
2: Story Are we going to talk about follow. that? Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Flagler Beach, Ocean County, New Jersey, and Bowling Green, Kentucky. Dang. So they really did, like, big town, small town, wealthy town, poor town. Um, and they did a good job, like, adapting to the cultures of the different areas. Mm-hmm. So, like, in Forts in Georgia, for instance, they offered the decoys, or, no, sorry, they offered the men who came in sweet tea. Oh, So they just like did a good job kind of like adjusting. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And like in the small town Ohio Sting, they were in a very small lower middle class house. In the Petaluma, California, they were in like a mansion. Nice. So they did a good job kind of keeping the men off their tracks. Good. And shaking it up.
1: Good, good. Because if it was like entirely localized to say like a specific suburb in New York City. Yes. Like all the predators would be like, I'm just gonna go a street over. They would travel
0: (laughs) because these men already travel. Oh yeah. These men drive like hundreds of miles to come meet this fucking teenage girl they will drive like three hours
1: that's to come meet this teenage girl that oh so if they stayed like
0: within new york like if they only stayed in like the tri-state area these men would be driving to like fucking western pennsylvania that's
1: fucking crazy yeah
0: so i'm glad that they did that wow um it's hard to understand just how many men I'm like, I have chills. Just how many men showed interest in these children on the internet, Mm -hmm. let alone how many actually took the move to show up to the house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were, the team who produced the show was often double booked and they had to be strategic in how they met, got the men in and out of the house without seeing each other. For instance, in Riverside, California, I want you to guess, they were there for probably like 48 hours. I want you to guess how many men... Not only talked to a minor online, but showed up at the house with intentions to have sex with a minor. In, yes. ca-
1: in California? In
0: Riverside, California, which is like Southern California.
1: Mm, I'm thinking Hollywood scandal. <laughs> um, 48 hours. I, I want... 48 hours. I'm going to... I'm going to go big. I'm going to say 20.
0: 51. <gasps> 51 in a 48-hour span, give or take. 51 men. And that's, again... That's, again... Not, in, not including the people who just talked to the kid online but then never showed up. Fifty one men walked into that house.
1: No, not fifty one.
0: Fifty one men.
1: Oh, isn't ew. that foul? That actually makes me feel ill. I have
0: like shivers.
1: <laughs>
0: so after the men sat down on the counter, Chris began interrogating them. Mm-hmm. So they sit down. He stands over them. He's holding his the case files. And he usually asks them to take their hands out of their pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've compiled a list of the most common excuses that these men give for why they were there to meet an 11, 12, or 13-year-old. Okay. Now, these are not mutually exclusive. (laughs) They often give one of these excuses, and then their story changes, or they kind of give two at once, or whatever. Right. Uh, This is also in no particular order. But Mm -hmm. the first one is the most common, and is pretty much universal. They weren't going to do anything. Right. So this is standard across all the Predators. Of all of the hundreds of men who were caught in To Catch a Predator, I can think of, like, three or four who were total, totally forthright about their intentions of being wow. there. Wow. Literally everyone else insists that they were only there to talk to the kid and they had no sexual plans. Uh, that is, yeah. like, the most common excuse and pretty much a universal excuse.
1: Who the fuck is going to believe that? Like, respectfully, what brain-dead idiot is going to be and, like, oh, so you just drove, like, 300 miles to have a chat?
0: Ugh. And, and Chris always you, says that too if if the guy's like 30 mm-hmm. and he's like oh I just want to make a friend. Chris was like you don't there are no 30-year-olds you can hang out with. Mm-hmm. Like he always called them out on that.
1: Good. Yeah. Good. Oh, let's go Chris.
0: The second excuse. <clears throat> they didn't know that it was a kid. Okay. So they say that they came to the house to meet this person. They met this person online. They might have had sex with this person, but they didn't know it was a minor. Mm. Or they thought that it, the kid was 18, 19 or 45. Like they claimed that the kid told them a different age. Mm. Um, so this is an example of this. Michael Willis, I think, um, who was a 14, a 45 year old caught in the Fort Myers, Florida investigation who had the screen name generic white male. Great. So
1: great. Chris
0: Chris tells this man that the girl he was there to meet and the girl who he sent pictures of his penis to (laughs) was 15. Right. (laughs) And the man, while eating a cookie, says in the least convincing voice ever, What? No way. <laughs> just like that. What? Flat, face did not move. Wow, great. <laughs> like, um, he then proceeds to throw the cookie onto the table and say, You know what? I don't want this cookie. I just want to get to the beach.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Um, so they always just like, Pretend that they didn't know that it was a 14 year old, even though clearly within two messages the kid says, I'm 14.
1: Oh my god. And I'm sure, like, in his little manila folder, he has everything itemized. He says,
0: Well, I have the transcript. Exactly. He's, he like, he's
1: like, Let's take a look see <laughs> at your AOL instant messages where the creep is like, Oh, 15 is so hot. Yeah. You're so mature for your age. I want to, like,
0: eat your young pussy. Like <laughs>
1: Not yeah. that. They Not always that. Say that. No, one. dude
0: so um another one another reason the person online the child Mm -hmm. said that they were a minor Mm -hmm. but we were in a role-playing chat room what so an example of this was david schumacher who was a 21 year old man who was Mm. caught also in fort myers not that david was a white man objectively um, his last name is Schumacher, but he walks with, like, his pants sagged down, he has a snap snapback, he keeps saying, like, dog, and, like, you feel me? Mm. Like, he just thinks he's, he's very, like, He thinks a, he's all that. He's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chris says to him, do you see an issue with a 21-year-old coming over to visit a 14-year-old home alone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and David says, I didn't know she was 14. And Chris says, she told you. And David says, we were in a role-playing chat room. hmm Meanwhile, this chat room was not role playing. Yeah. In fact, it was called Florida Romance.
1: Ew. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> so gross.
0: Um, another common excuse is that the house was for sale and that they were in the market for buying a house.
1: had it. Hmm. Interesting leap in logic there.
0: <laughs> well, you would think that it would be like one person who used that excuse. There's been a few. Really? So one example is a man named Aladdin Shiman, who was a middle-aged Egyptian man mm-hmm. who went to the house to meet a 12-year-old girl.
1: Mm-hmm. 12. 12. You know what I was doing when I was 12 years old? I was wearing Bobby Jack shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking and I was playing on Animal Jam. I
0: had fucking silly mans, Yeah, bro.
1: I was a child. I was a child. That makes me so
0: sad. If you think oh. about if that happened to you when you were 12, like, ugh. Oh.
1: I can't even begin to tell you the psychological damage it would have done to me.
0: No, are you kidding?
1: <laughs> I would, like, be a serial killer, I, I think. would never
0: be the same. No. I know. So Chris comes out, he sees Aladdin, and before anything, Aladdin shakes Chris's hand, and he says, thank you, sir. Nice seeing you. How are you, sir? And Chris is like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> um, so oh my God. Chris asks what he was doing there, and Aladdin says, just hanging around, I know that this house is for sale. Whoa. And again, he's not the only one. Another man, also a middle-aged Egyptian man, coincidentally, named Mohammed Abdallah, who was caught in Flagler Beach, Florida, says that he was driving around looking for real estate. Chris says... So you just happened to be going by, and you saw this blonde woman out there, and she waved you in. What an amazing coincidence. You're a lucky guy. You're just driving along, and this good-looking girl waves you in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's
0: like, yeah, I was here to buy the house. What the
1: fuck? <laughs> what the <laughs> like, fuck? what? So why crazy. is that where
0: your mind goes? I
1: know. I'm th- I'm trying to think, like, God forbid I ever have to, like, lie to somebody like that. I'm not going to be like, hmm, I'd like to
0: purchase this home. Like, well, like why is that the first, yeah. I don't know. Another excuse is that they were there to mentor the kid.
1: Oh, no. That's so, even creepier. <laughs> so,
0: a man named Stanley Kendall, who was a 15-year-old, uh, sorry, 50, why do I keep saying that? A 54-year-old <laughs> man caught in Murphy, Texas.
1: Wishful thinking, maybe.
0: Um, let's guess what the 54-year-old man named Stanley who was caught in Murphy, Texas does for a living.
1: Um, A daycare worker.
0: Uh, a middle school math teacher. Oh, ding, <laughs>
1: ding, 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 yeah. child predator. And
0: he was there to be a what? A 13-year-old boy.
1: A 13-year-old boy. Yeah, He'd
0: been working as a middle school math teacher for 23 years when he showed up to the house to meet a 13-year-old boy.
1: I think that is every parent's worst nightmare.
0: Ugh. Oh, and he he looks like...
1: Does he have the mustache and the glasses? The glasses. Of course, It's yeah.
0: dangerous to say that a pedophile looks a certain way because obviously they don't, you know, whatever, that's misleading, but like he... That's like archetype pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um... When he gets there and Chris, like, calls him out, Mm -hmm. he says, Probably, I was thinking, the part of me that's Christian was going to talk him out of it. Um. (laughs) And Chris says, So what part of the Bible tells you to say all of this stuff here in the chat? I love to suck cock. Play and suck balls. Play with and lick nipples. Lick and fuck ass. Where is that in the Bible? Explain that to me. Is that Old Testament or New Testament? Chris!
1: <laughs> Chris Hansen! You fucking legend! That is incredible.
0: And Stanley Kendall just says, neither.
1: Neither! That's in the revised version. Yeah. That's in the one online. That's, that's King James. That's, that's
0: King, King James! King James. <laughs> um, another man... Whose name I'm sorry I simply can't pronounce, but he was a 34 year old um, Indian director of software development for a very large computer company. Mm. Was caught in Fort Ge- uh, Forts in Georgia trying to meet a 13 year old. He's very good looking. He's married. He has a high paying job and an MBA. And he tells Chris that he was just there to make sure the 13 year old girl was focusing on her studies.
1: Why is that? Why is that also another go to? Yep. I don't like that.
0: Um, another excuse is that they showed up to the wrong house. Hmm. They were there for a different reason. For instance, one man named Thomas Coffin, who was there to meet a 14-year-old girl, said that he was there to find a job doing blacktop sealing. Hmm. Um, at night? At night. <laughs> with a child.
1: With a child. <laughs> yeah, I really need something sealed.
0: <laughs> when I was 13, I loved inviting men over to, to talk about sealing my parents' blacktop. Yeah, That's no, like no. how I spent my time. was <laughs> In yeah the right <laughs> i gotta get someone over here I'm get mom's not doing up. it <laughs> up! i'm yep. gonna help out yep um and the uh least common excuse the very rare exception is when they tell the truth right away yeah um so for instance a 43 year old man in riverside named walter babst who was there to meet a 12 year old girl um he was a high school teacher also he was also a t- charming and attractive um he mentioned in the transcript that he wanted the 12 year old to make him eat his own semen
1: whoa
0: um as soon as chris walks out walter says am i under arrest go ahead arrest me i knew it i knew it was a setup i need you to just arrest me and take me to jail i'm a sick son of a bitch
1: oh my god oh no
0: um, Another man named Vincent Ambrosio was another 20-something caught in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. He was another one who just, like, admitted it right away. He's dubbed the Undertaker Predator online because he showed up to the Stinghouse wearing a wide-brimmed black cap and a black trench coat. Cool. Once Trim, Once Chris comes out, he immediately starts bawling. Oh. He says, you know what? I have nothing to live for anyway. My life's a mess. I failed high school. I have no motivation to finish it. I don't even have a job. I'm a fuck-up. It's just this depression. It's so crippling. I just want to die. My life is miserable. I want to be a cop. I wasn't going to do anything. I'm fat. I can't do anything.
1: Oh my god.
0: So there are very few cases in which people just immediately own up to it.
1: I, I hate to say this, and I feel like I've already said this quite a few times, but men will do anything. Except go to therapy. Say it again. <laughs> they, Say it again. They will have sex with children, but they will not go to therapy. Say it
0: again. Yep. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
0: So interestingly, <laughs> this last tape that I just mentioned of Vincent Ambrosio was not released until 2019. What? Because after Vincent talked about being suicidal in the past and being on a ton of mental health medications, the producers worried that he might kill himself if they released the footage right away. Yeah. So that leads us into perhaps the most interesting story in To Catch a Predator history and maybe one of the final nails in the coffin for the original running of the TV show. Shit. So obviously, Chris Hansen and the members of Perverted Justice and the camera crews, they put themselves in a lot of danger doing this show. Yeah. Both to protect themselves and um, to seek further justice against these men, the stings eventually started including the police
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So at the beginning, To Catch a Predator was doing, like I said, what Perverted Justice had done for a long time. They would just find these men, they would transmit their information and their photos to the world as a form of justice. Right. Rather than, like, formally involving the police and the legal system.
1: Interesting.
0: However, after only two airings of the show, police departments and local politicians got really excited about the opportunity to team up with To Catch a Predator since they had to do very little work. Like, the police didn't really have to do anything, Mm -hmm. but they could claim that they were arresting all these men for being predators.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: Um, So in almost every investigation, except for those first two, the police were always on the scene. Mm -hmm. Chris would interview the men at the counter. He would say, well, there's something I need to tell you. Mm -hmm. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on men who try to meet children on the internet for sex. The men would then leave. They would either run away when the cameras came out, Um, Or they would just kind of, like, shyly, like, walk out with their tail between their legs. And once they were outside, they would be arrested. Mm -hmm. Um, So there were only two instances in which um, violence was, like, a real threat to them before the police became involved. So David Kay, who was a middle-aged rabbi in Virginia, (laughs) who was trying to meet a 13-year-old boy... Saw the cameras, and he lunged at a cameraman, having to be pushed away by a security guard. He left on his own, and since this was before the cops were involved, he was never arrested.
1: What? Even after he tried to assault somebody?
0: Mm Mm-hmm what the fuck and me a 13 year old boy
1: yeah What the fuck? <laughs> like uh, what the
0: fuck? I like one of these things is more intense than the other
1: yeah well they had they had video of him assaulting the guy yeah. so it's like oh my god okay that's um, neither here nor
0: there and dan allen who was a 49 year old man in riverside california who was trying to meet a 13 year old girl um upon seeing the camera crew he said well i'll shove that camera down your throat
2: whoa
0: um so other than these, these two instances, there, were, there was never any violence against Chris or the camera crews or anybody. And even in these two incidences, no one was actually hurt. Mm-hmm. But there was one instance, however, in which things took a bloody turn.
1: Oh. Oh, no.
0: So in Murphy, Texas, um, a 56-year-old man named Louis Conrad sent penis photos and explicit messages to someone who he thought was a 13-year-old boy.
1: Not the penis photos. Pen- I
0: didn't want to write dick pic. <laughs> 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 well,
1: it has kind of the same kind of penis photo, penis dick,
0: photo f- dick. dick Yeah, it's like a syllable. Yeah, <laughs> penis yeah, yeah, photo yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Doesn't roll off the tongue quite as <laughs> well.
0: It's, it's a little more professional.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. The, the, the genital images.
0: <laughs> Pictures of his genital. Guy.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Um, Lewis Conrad, the 56-year-old in Murphy, Texas, was also the chief felony district attorney in his county. Oh,
1: <laughs> no! No! You're kidding! And they got him on Dateline?
0: Yep. <laughs> so, Lewis Conrad didn't come to the Stinghouse, but perverted justice and to catch a predator, proved that it was him, provided the information to the police. On November 5th. 2006 the police received a warrant to enter conrad's home
1: they actually were gonna arrest him
0: they showed up with the swat team so perverted justice to catch a predator the cameras and the SWAT team show up to the district attorney's home um the swat team enters lewis conrad is standing at the top of a staircase holding a gun (gasps) he says i'm not going to hurt anybody and shoots himself (gasps) dead
1: no way
0: district attorney so on he probably figured camera? i'm a district attorney i've killed all these fuck. Or no no no. i've arrested all these people
1: mm-hmm.
0: i can't go to jail no as a predator no. as a gay predator
1: <laughs> not the gay predator
0: <laughs> <laughs> i can't go to jail so he kills himself
1: with the dateline crew there mm-hmm. with the swat team mm-hmm. oh my god with, with
0: chris fucking hansen on the oh scene oh
1: my god
0: yep um, following this incident in two thousand seven, Conrad's sister filed a one hundred million dollar lawsuit against NBC Universal for the death of her brother.
1: Oh my God!
0: um, the suit was settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. in an interview, Chris Hansen explained that insurance companies will cover settlements, but they won't cover. If you go to court and you're ordered to pay something. So like, let's say hypothetically NBC had taken this to court and had a trial. If they had lost and they had to pay his sister a hundred million dollars, the insurance wouldn't have covered it. But if they settled out of court and never took it to trial, the insurance would cover whatever that, whatever that settlement amount was. Hmm. So needless to say, because she was planning on suing for a hundred million dollars and they settled it. um, She, she got several million dollars for the for the suicide of her predator brother.
1: I was going to say I don't feel like she should have gotten any money. No. Respectfully. Like no. actually no, disrespectfully. Um no. you should not be getting any money because your pedophile brother decided to kill
0: himself. Yeah. Like, Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe, maybe if he had kids, maybe his kids.
1: Sure, but not her.
0: But not his fucking sister.
1: Yeah, like, what does she stand to gain?
0: And he didn't kill himself because, like, NBC did some smear campaign about his political activity. He killed himself because he was going to rape a 13-year-old boy. And they caught him. And they caught him. And, like, if he wasn't district attorney... Odds are he would have shown up to that house that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. And ruined a 13-year-old boy's life.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, he, like, I don't and, understand that.
1: And he would have gotten away with it, too, probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And if he wasn't district attorney, he wouldn't have killed him. Like, I, I, I just don't... I will never understand that. Um, wow. So that didn't directly end the show because they went on to do several more rounds of stings after this incident but it definitely put a damper on things. Oh
1: uh, Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> um, Chris Hansen has
0: claimed time and time again that this was not the reason the show was canceled, but all signs kind of point to it. Um, the show was definitely becoming a huge liability for NBC, mm-hmm. and despite its huge, its huge popularity, it was just getting too risky. Damn. So eventually the show was canceled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In 2020, Chris Hansen went on to do a YouTube show Called "Have a Seat" with Chris Hansen.
2: Yes. (laughs) So it's
0: essentially the same setup, except they would arrange the meetings in a motel room, Mm -hmm. and the police would arrest the guys as soon as they showed up, Mm -hmm. and then Chris would interview them. So versus like them showing up, and Chris having a conversation with them, and then them going outside and the police being there. Mm -hmm. It was like they showed up, they knocked on the door of the motel. The police opened, arrested them, sat them down, and then Chris came out. Wow, okay. <laughs> which is objectively safer. Yeah, for Chris. I was gonna
1: say much safer. And
0: Chris was probably like, "I've risked my life hundreds of times now. We can we can shake it up a little bit." Yeah,
1: well, I guess we can use police brutality for good. <laughs> Fine. Fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, have a seat with Chris Hansen is still going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the show, however, compared to "To Catch a Predator," has some like in my opinion, problems. Mm -hmm. For instance, in episode three... And I'm really interested to hear your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. In episode three of Have a Seat with Chris Hansen... They caught an 18-year-old boy... Who was there to meet a 15-year-old girl. He did send her photos of his penis. Which, because he's 18 and she was 15... Is a federal crime. Mm -hmm. But, I feel that they could be in high school together. Like, she would be a sophomore, he would be a senior... And in New York State, with the age of consent laws in New York, that w- it wouldn't even be illegal for them to have sex. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear your opinion on that, on him being arrested.
1: Arrested and put in jail?
0: Yes. And he's a... Uh,
1: a felon? I don't
0: know about a felon, but he's a registered sex offender.
1: Hmm. I just... I don't know I mean I never personally was like on board with the whole like seniors in high school going after the freshmen to begin with I think morally and ethically it's just not something that you should do um whether or not it's illegal I don't know
0: is it great no no when I was 15 should I have been having sex with an 18 year old no would that have fucked me up Probably no, mm-hmm. I, I didn't do that. I was gonna say no, 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 who? I didn't do that. Who? I had a girlfriend before your high school. I didn't do
1: that. <laughs> I was like, who the
0: fuck was no, eighteen? No no, 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 Lauren's face when I said that. <laughs> what should I? No. What should that be a thing? No. Mm-hmm. Do I think that the eighteen-year-old should be a registered sex offender for the rest of his life? I don't know. I'm going to say I think that's a gray area. And I'm going to say that on tape. <laughs> and I'm more than open to have a, having a conversation about mm-hmm. that. That's not the hill I'm going to die on. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just don't know if I feel... Gr- I think they kind of jumped the shark a little bit with that one.
1: I feel like that's... And I hate to be, like, the whole states' rights thing. But I feel like that's a question that we would need to have, like, some like, some lawyer answer for us. I agree. Because I do see where you're coming from in that, like, this kid is 18. But also, the hypothetical child is 15. And should a 15-year-old be having sex with an 18-year-old? Probably Probably not.
0: No, and she would probably walk out of there with some, like, emotional trauma. Yeah. I just think when you look at the earlier episodes of the show, Mm -hmm. where it was intended to catch, like, 50-year-old men raping 12-year-olds. Yes. I think there's a big difference between that mm-hmm. and two people who could feasibly be in high school
1: together. I agree. It's a very different level of severity. Extremely.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think in the earlier episodes of the show, they weren't even getting arrested
1: mm-hmm.
0: versus this 18-year-old is now a, a sex criminal for life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think there's, I think there's a difference there. Um, So one of these guys in this new... Hanson sit down with me thing whatever it's called mm-hmm. um I don't watch this new one I don't like it but take a seat with Chris take a, yeah that I don't, take I don't like Chris
1: it. with Hanson take
0: the seat with Chrissy <laughs> um, one of the guys tells Chris that he was on his way to Burger King and he just stopped by to meet the girl really quick on the way <laughs> and Chris I will say he's still got the zingers in him because mm-hmm. he says why didn't you just go to Burger King get your son a burger and go home Now you're here telling me a whopper of a story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not the whopper. And
0: these, I just want to say, are, like, totally unscripted. He goes, he just, like, he got, he's... he's,
2: Off the cuff? Yeah, he's good. good. (laughs) He's
0: witty. Um, I just think that it's kind of gotten a little ridiculous. I don't think it conveys the same message that it was, that the show was intending on conveying when they started in 2004, Mm -hmm. um... And I think instead of sort of spreading... Instead of the the point being spreading awareness about these things happening online, make sure you're monitoring your kids, make sure you're having a conversation with your kids, um, it's become sort of just like them capitalizing off of this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that the arresting the 18-year-old having sex with the 15-year-old is kind of like... It, it's... It's endemic of them just capitalizing off of it versus spreading awareness of it yeah if that makes sense
1: yeah no i see exactly what you mean because instead of it being this like cultural phenomenon kind of like a me too moment before that was even a thought in anyone's minds um bringing light to this like really dangerous subset of individuals on the internet it's more so just like riding the coattails of the movement from beforehand and you're right it is absolutely indicative
0: i agree and i think it started out as a news segment as spreading awareness as outing these men who might be in your community yeah and it's now become this makes money People enjoy this. This has fans. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, I am a fan. Yeah. Like, I am a person who watches this. Mm-hmm. Never would I come in contact with these men. Yep. So it doesn't affect me, nor yep. am I a parent. <laughs> yep. So, like, it doesn't affect me, and yep. I am a fan of it. Yep. But I just think it's very much moved away from the, quote-unquote, movement, like you said, that it mm-hmm. once was. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think there's also a conversation to be had about, instead of... Instead of outing these men in the original call-out culture justice that it once was, Mm -hmm. it is now involving the police. For Mm -hmm. better or for worse, it is involving the police. And a lot of these men, when they sit down, they say either, I need help, I need counseling, Mm -hmm. or I am getting help, I am getting counseling. Mm -hmm. Some of the men genuinely say that, whether or not that's the truth, whether or not that's just a way to get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Truly. Mm-hmm.
0: But a lot of the men say that they need help. Resources are never given to these men. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're put in jail.
1: Yeah, I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's
0: do I do I think that they should be in jail? I don't know. Like, I am I I am not a victim of sex crimes. I don't know. I probably shouldn't have much of a say in that. Um do I think that they should get resources? Yes. <laughs> and they are never given counseling. Mm. And there is never a conversation on the show about, like, if you or a loved one are having these thoughts, this is something that you can do. Because it's such a taboo. And I think in our culture, that is something that we can universally agree is it's fucking horrific and awful. and It's horrible that these men would even think about doing that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that part of the conversation should not be Educate your children about what to do online and what not to do online. Part of the conversation should be like, hey, if you're having these thoughts, go get help. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's just a huge social conversation to lightly have about
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) Lightly. Um, Um, Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. But um, I I am going to say I do think predators should be in jail. Okay. Should they also receive help while they're in jail? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that the entirety of the um, police system and the uh, like school to prison pipeline and the lack of resources for mentally disturbed people and like just putting them away is not doing them any good. However, I don't think that we should allow men to be touching children. (laughs) No, no. And in no way am I saying that. Yes, In no
0: universe am I saying that. Yeah, yeah. What I I mentioned to you earlier that I didn't fully get into because I wanted to get into the episode first. Mm -hmm. I really want to do like a serious in-depth study of the first few episodes in which they did not involve the police. Mm -hmm. And this was simply like a humiliation tactic. Mm -hmm. I want to look into whether or not those men re-did this and were caught doing this again versus the men who were arrested and were put on sex offender registries if they did this again. Because there are a lot of men who were arrested, you know, on the show and spent, like, two years in jail and then went on to get caught doing the same thing in the future.
1: Am I hearing a graduate thesis? That's
0: what I'm saying.
1: Casey, I think this is a graduate thesis. Because
0: I just think, (laughs) I just, again, like, I think like abolitionist opinions are really hard. It's really hard to work through those things. I sound like a crazy person sometimes when I talk about them, but I just think like it'd be really interesting if there was some sort of like data on whether or not the men who were just humiliated versus the men who are humiliated and put away for two years mm-hmm. w- whether or not one of those things made a difference more than Which the other one effective. yes Ooh, yeah. or if either are effective like i th- I just think there's like a, a huge conversation to have here
1: show me the data show
0: me the data mm-hmm. and i think it's just really tough because obviously these men are fucked and mm-hmm. it's fucked and they mm-hmm. were gonna ruin someone's life yeah and in a lot of cases outside of the show kids died yeah. <laughs> like it's fucked yep i just think like In order to have the best outcome, I think we just need to have a really serious conversation about what works and what doesn't work.
1: Mm -hmm. And there needs to be more discussions with like young boys and just men in general about like, I, I think that, you know what, there is a lot of conversation already about like male sexuality and the internet and pornography and shit like that. But I think there should also be like more nuanced discussions about like what to do if you realize you're kind of slipping into that mm-hmm. rabbit hole, because I think one of the more interesting parts of the internet, and we kind of talked about this on the previous episode, where it's like you can be quietly obsessed with something, is that this has given men like an echo chamber within which they can slide down a pipeline. Yeah. So like you s- say, for example, you start off liking. Like, I don't know, porn where the the person on the receiving end is getting slapped around. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that, you know, if you're extremely depressed and extremely isolated and cut off from other people, that that's not slowly going to evolve into like a way more violent, drastic form of pornography to the point where you have conditioned yourself to only like this extremely taboo, extremely violent kind of porn. Yep. There are no discussions for, like, anyone, for that matter, on what resources you can use and how to talk yourself out of yeah,
0: that. Yeah, exactly. And then at a certain point, that extremely violent porn that you've started watching, that doesn't do it anymore. And you have to do it in real life. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of what low-key might be happening here in that people are watching porn of, like... An eighteen-year-old girl,
1: barely legal,
0: barely legal. That's a and jail then all bait. of a sudden, it's child. It's a literal child porn, yep. and then all of a sudden, they're making plans to meet a twelve-year-old in a house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think again, it's just it's like you said, it's so taboo that there's never a conversation about what can what can you do if you are starting to slip down this path. Mm-hmm. It's just put him in jail. Yeah, and. I don't know if that works.
1: No, it doesn't. Because like <laughs> even though like I said predators should be held accountable, they need to be you know, there there needs to be some consequence for doing like demonstrably the most fucked up thing you can do to a child. Yes. <laughs> However, if we can prevent these problems from ever occurring in the first place through having nuanced open discussions with people about their sexuality, about kink, about all these things, we can just Stop it before it happens. And wouldn't that
0: be nice? Yeah. Wouldn't that be freaking nice?
1: Yeah.
0: I yeah. I just think there are so many conversations to have about mm-hmm. about this, and they're hard conversations to have because mm-hmm. as soon as you say, for good reason, as soon as you say the words, fifty year old going to meet a twelve year old, it makes you everyone shuts up. down and everyone says. Blech, that's yeah. horrible because yep. it is. Yeah, but there are also conversations to have about how to stop that from happening in the first place. Period. And that's what I think is the maybe that's why I'm so obsessed with the show mm-hmm. is like recognizing that this isn't this maybe not is not the right way to go about this.
1: Mm.
0: But what is? I don't know. I don't know.
1: Graduate thesis.
0: Graduate thesis. <laughs> we should have a podcast. <laughs> We Shut we up. talk so well. <laughs>
1: we have... You know what? We have such good banter. We have such
0: good conversations. Are
1: you doing anything Thursday nights?
0: <laughs> we should buy microphones.
1: No! No! <laughs> Never again!
0: Anyway, um, <gasps> I just... I think there's a really interesting conversation to have about punitive justice, embarrassment as justice. I think it's so cool. I really enjoy watching this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Fuck these men.
1: Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, it's fuck these men. And
0: at the end of the day, fuck these men. Yeah. Um, That's, that's to catch a predator.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. I feel like we really went off there at the end. We did. <laughs> we had a full
0: conversation. We might get canceled.
1: <sighs> I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. Goodbye, social justice podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, that was a banger of an episode. Thanks. Nice work. I
0: (laughs) sat in Starbucks today watching To Catch a Predator looking crazy? Yeah.
1: Crazy? Question mark? Crazy? Yes. (laughs) Yes. But it was worth it. Yeah. I think that was a really good one. And we had a bunch of really good conversations that I think need to be had. I agree. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, What are we doing next week?
1: Next week, I'm going to be doing a little deep dive into a subgenre on the internet it is very near and dear to my heart it is indie horror on youtube
0: indie horror on youtube and just like
1: indie horror on the internet because there are so many things so many little crevices and cracks that i've like found myself in over the years as a socially inept teenager <laughs> that i feel like are just hidden gems when it comes to media that is self-produced that is deeply creative that is interesting terrifying and a little rough around the edges but in a heartwarming way I'm excited it's gonna be good I have a bunch of different things we can talk about there's like three or four main ideas I really want to get into but give you a little sneak peek I really want to talk about liminal spaces (laughs) (laughs) Lauren
0: showed me what that means very recently Mm -hmm. and I've now been thinking about it in my Mm day-to-day
1: so we're gonna get into that next week
0: are you gonna talk about half-baked what's
1: half-baked
0: it what's it called yeah. that web comic
1: which one
0: the one you told me about in the car to buffalo
1: homestuck homestuck <laughs> no
0: half-baked <laughs> homestuck
1: that would be more like a flash player retrospective which i'm also planning on doing oh good, so, good. so we'll probably talk about homestuck at some point um and I will uh, reveal how cringy I used to be in high school. I'm excited. <laughs> but, um, we have that to look forward to next week a little indie horror on the internet. I
0: can't wait to get into it. It'll I be am good. so beyond excited to get into it.
1: Hopefully, next week we have better audio equipment.
0: <laughs> I don't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> you really got I was,
0: no. I Simply to you. Uh,
1: honestly, no. We can open with it
0: next time. <laughs> We've had. <laughs>
1: It's the never-ending saga of trying to get microphones.
0: And if this was the only thing I had to do, and my if I like just like worked at a restaurant and did a podcast, but this this would just be a up oh, in the radar. Yeah. But right now,
1: it's not Wonder under the bridge. This is a tsunami, bitch.
0: If you're gonna let me down, let me down gently.
1: Don't pretend that, that, you, that you don't, don't want me.
0: me. I love you. It's water under the bridge.
1: Adele would not stand for this, and neither will I. <laughs> i'm tired <laughs> i'm
0: tired well thank you guys for listening
1: yeah i hope you guys enjoyed the second episode of our second season
0: oh my god two.
1: i know um
0: two in 22
1: that's lucky angel numbers right
0: uh, i don't feel very lucky right now i'm gonna be honest with you <laughs> well, i feel like i was cursed by a witch
1: <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully we don't get caught by any predators I'm and <laughs> i hope that you guys tune in for next week's episode
0: well, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Magnum BI Pod.
1: You can also listen to some of our old episodes, which are up on YouTube. If you just search Magnum BI, it should pop right up. Pop, pop. Um, <laughs> if you're listening
0: on either Spotify or Apple Music, we are on one and the other. So mm-hmm. follow us, listen to us, rate us on both. Rating helps a lot.
1: Give us a review. Share it with your friends. If you have any nuanced, tales about internet indie horror feel free to drop us a line at magnum at at gmail.com or on instagram we and do we do check our dms we do
0: check our they do be sliding in and we do be checking and we go, damn, that's fucked and up. And we go, goddamn, sorry you <laughs> went through that.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, girl, that's uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> um, and we really appreciate you guys listening to us. This is the highlight of my week.
1: <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I look forward to this every Thursday night and every Monday.
0: And we love you,
1: Magnum. B- B-I- B-I- bye,
0: bye.